Welcome to NGE Podcast. NGE stands for not good enough. We're going to share with you topic by topic the ramification of NGE and how to deal with certain circumstances. I truly believe that life is very short and in the universe we might just be that bleep in the sauna, on the radar. We might as well make sure that we are bleep that matters. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Hi, hi Lee. Nice hi. to see you. Thank you for joining us. It's great. <laughs> um, this week's topic is 10 tips to finding happiness um, yep. in what we do at work. So, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good topic, this one. And it's um, something that when I was looking through it, it's a lot of things that you can apply to work are also like naturally overlapping into your life. So it's good. Yeah, that's, that's correct. But before we, we even get uh, to start into it, it's I think it's where you want to head, Haley, isn't it? So you want to maybe talk a little bit about it because you've been psychologist with children, with family and all these things. But uh, aren't you looking now to do something different? Yeah, and I think um, I guess what starts this when I see the topic of finding happiness, it's like, well, what is happiness? Because um, I think it's a buzz word in a way, but it is a feeling. But it's, well, it can mean different things for different people. So, um, and I think making it clear from the outset that happiness is really a journey. Like it's, it's something that you can't be happy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is impossible we cannot do that um and so like we have to get the journey and not a, a specific place like i'll be happy when and we often hear people say that sort of thing but it's um you know often sometimes unachievable yeah a happy when because sometimes we get there and we're disappointed and we're like oh i'll never be happy but it's like, no, you've had happy moments or you've had, you know, happy relationships or, you know, there's been parts of that journey that yeah. contributed to happiness. So yeah. I think from the outset when we, when we spoke about this topic, I was like, well, I think we need to just put it out there that we're not looking, you know, to help support people towards perfection. It's just more about getting more out of life and that, you know, there are ways you can get more out of work to be happier as part of that journey but that you know you're not going to be happy every day you know every hour at work or at home it's just not not feasible I think well, happiness is definitely a journey you're right like it's you, you and you can't say oh when I win that contract or when I get that next sale I'll be happy you can't pin your happiness on on criteria it's like you have to learn to be able to enjoy the journey and enjoy the process of your destination you know you can't just say oh I'll, I'll be happy when so I, I totally agree with that yeah uh, uh, Lisa you might want to just adjust your camera I think um, we, yeah yeah that's good that's nice yeah nice <laughs> We can and see that. What we need to do is really talk about, I guess, the elements that make up happiness, like in terms of, you know, different types of feelings and achievements. So, like, 
you know, people talk about satisfaction, people talk about joy, people talk about gratitude, optimism, you know, these are sort of the words that are attached to happiness and feeling content, you know, they're the type of things that um, I guess when you break down happiness, you can then go, oh, well, I am, you know, thankful for this part, or I, I do, this does bring me joy, but it may not be an overarching 100% of your life. It is but giving- I also think that a lot of people need to be reminded to look for the happy in their life. You know, some people get into such a, a, a state and so entrenched in what's going on from day to day you know, whether whatever goes wrong or something, you know, doesn't go to plan, they they forget to, you know, enjoy that journey and go, oh, well, what was good in this situation? And, you know, look at how they handled it and go, well, I learned to be patient or I learned this from that situation. Um, because you, if, when you're busy and you're trying to meet deadlines and there's a lot happening around you, it's so easy just to get caught up and entrenched in all the day-to-day doings or whatever you're, whatever you're up to, you know, and you have to remember to enjoy the moment and, yeah, smile your way through the office. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, like, in terms of um, research into happiness, there's a lot of it. Um, there's a lot of positive psychology around that. Um, so people can do their own research. But... Um, I guess the main parts of like historically research has just sort of shown that there's different levels of happiness there's different types of happiness and so when you use an overarching word like happiness you know people just might pigeonhole into that you know rich or famous or you know you know something they may just pin a particular yeah yeah yeah, yeah thing on it when that's not what happiness yeah. has been researched and described as historically so so how, how does a psychologist describe happiness um in well we we usually talk about like different levels so like um you know you like happiness in terms of immediate gratification um you know those feelings that have that happen straight away from an encounter or something. Um, happiness from achievement um, and recognition. So that sort of um, yeah, that, that can bring joy. Um, happiness from making or giving a positive contribution. So there's, I guess, a lot of research in um, charity and volunteering and things like that, like giving without the expectation of getting something in return, like helping others. And that's a different level of happiness. Um, and I think, you know, some of the words I used before around content, gratitude, um, joy, and when those sort of words get spun around, it's like, well, you know, lots of people I you know, come to me and and they're significantly depressed um, and they don't find joy in anything that they do um, anymore. But they used to. And so it's about them going, well, what was it about that activity? Or, you know, 
you've got to keep bringing back in that this is depression can be like overarching in a moment in time and that you know it's in a cycle and you won't always feel like that but we've got to use what we know we could use before and bring it back in and it may not have the same level and bring us the same happiness that we used to feel when we were a child or when we were a teenager or whatever but using that as a catalyst okay so so let's imagine i'm, I'm a business owner at work how do I gauge happiness, for example, with someone like Lisa? Yeah. I mean, is that is she after satisfaction, joy, contentment? How do I know? I mean, what is there? Uh, is there a set of questions? Is there some kind of uh, uh, chart that I can work from to see that? All right, for her, uh, looks to me like contribution is going to be her main mean of happiness. You know, yeah. and there are there's heaps of well-being happiness surveys for employer, employers and employees to fill in, um, to gauge that, to get some, I guess, that qualitative data and quantitative data around, well, yeah, how happy are people in, you know, my organisation, in my workplace? Um, so there's heaps online um, that you can do, that you can distribute and, and get and, and it can be individualised and then you can find out. But I guess there's some things that, you know, if there's managers or, you know, heads of organisation listening, there are things that you can do to support the happiness. happiness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, but I, I think what I really like from what you're saying is that first we have to know uh, what, what type of happiness they're looking for. Right. For example, I know deep down I'm the kind of guy that looks for contribution type of happiness. So if I every time it hits it, I'm happy. Whether I'm making money or not and having money problem or not, the moment that the contribution is clicked in, I'm just like, yeah, I had a bottle of wine, you know. But so 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 different people have got different levels, and, and I think that that is an amazing thing that I just heard today that I didn't realize that is that everyone's got different kind of definition for their own happiness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, like when we sort of talk about you know ten tips or whatever, and we'll get to that. But yeah. really thinking about. Um, you know, I, I can give like, and we'll talk about specific examples, but there's, you know, we call them the five C's around um, helping, you know, teams and, um, you know, organisations and, and families and everyone sort of work better together in order to get that collective happiness or drive yes. around, like the first thing is around connection. You need to have positive relationships, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, at school. Something needs to connect you to that. Right. Um, we actually spend more time with the people that we work with than we do with our own families. Not in my case because I'm lucky enough to work with my husband. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we do spend more time with our colleagues in most situations than we do with our own families. So um, when I was asking the girls at the office, you know, what's one of their tips for finding happiness at work? And, and one of the big ones was um, to be a part of a fun team and, and connect and, and be friends with your colleagues. 
Yeah, so that was one of the main ones today. Yeah, and yeah. I think then, you know, like lots of people talk about, oh, my, my work wife, my work husband, yeah. you know, because you do spend that sort of day life. I call, I, I call, I call her boss. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's like having, yeah, you've got to have some sort of, um, yeah, you know, not just superficial relationship with the people you work with in order to, yeah, gain that. And I like that word. So it, it, it connection means that it's, it, it can be superficial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you don't just share work things with work people. Like often it gets to a personal level or you talk about your kids or you talk about what you're going to do on the weekend, you know. doesn't necessarily mean you've got to socialise with all the work people outside of work, but at work you need to form relationships where you're, you know, where it's... Mutual. And your colleagues quite often do end up quite a big part of your support network for yep. your personal life, you know, if you've had a bad morning with the kids or, you know, you've had an argument with hubby, whatever might be, the cat vomited, whatever, you know, yep. like you do vent about those things during the day, oh, you know, like, oh, this happened this morning or blah, 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 and and your colleagues do become a big part of your support network. So it's, it's good to get to know them and spend time with them and, yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. You, you said that there were five seats. Number two, I'm not the manager of the whole guy. I need to learn. <laughs> the common purpose. So right. when we think about, you know, jobs and working, <clears throat> like there's got to be purpose. You've got to attach yourself to the vision and mission of whatever that is that you're doing. And it's exactly the same in personal relationships, you know. Like you've got to have common goals in terms of, you know, in husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, like, and you may want different things, but it's still encouraging to work towards something common. Um, so that common purpose at work is, yeah, you can have people in, you know, you know, you're both in real estate, but you can have property managers, you know, they're working to this purpose and, and you know, the sales team's working to this and the marketing's working to this, but what is the common you know, denominator and where does that single person fit into their role contributing to that common purpose, you know, to, you know, make other people happy, get find their dream house, you know, make more from their investments, whatever it is, it's about working towards a goal and feeling your purpose within that. Nice. So the next one is around communication. So C for communication. Communication is people want to be respectfully communicated with um, and they want to be able to contribute to that, you know, through, you know, not just top-down sort of communication. So at a workplace, you want to be able to have, you know, peer-to-peer -peer sort of stuff, but you want to be able to have an approachable boss that you can communicate well with. And the other thing attached to that is some people like to be emailed. Some people like face-to-face. -face. Some people like to, you know, have a song and dance about something. So it's about realising what's your best communication method and being able to advocate for that in your workplace. So, you know, I'd prefer you just to email me those things. And if we need a follow-up conversation, let's have that. Or, you know, I don't like that email. I can't read 
you know, your nuances. I feel like I'm in trouble. Can you just come or can you just pick up the phone and call me? You know, so people like it different ways. So it's, yeah. Oh, wow. That communication. But what, what about, what about uh, the belief that if people, I mean, these days people are hiding behind SMS and, and, and emails and all these things where in the past, in my younger days, it was more face-to-face. I mean, is it because they have more of those NGE, not good enough feeling that that's why they hide behind text rather than talk to people face to face? And I think it's what they know. Like it's just more common now just to text, you know, and some people don't have the confidence to sort of And I think if the person receiving the text also is not in the same mindset as what you are when you're sending the text, you know, or if they're in a bad mood, sometimes they can read more into the text and take it totally out of context, where if you just pick up the phone and have a quick chat, you know, there's no problem. You can hear the tone of the person's voice. You can hear the smile in their voice, their laugh, you know, and they know that there was no bad intention by by the text message. Right. I think... I think um, Is that because we're all school, Lisa, maybe? Maybe. Maybe it is. But I think it's also about then saying, you know, I hear what you're saying. I hear that you really prefer emails and I will do that on most occasions. However, there's going to be times when I need to pick up the phone call so that you don't get a misrepresentation of what I'm trying to say Mm. through word rather than, you know. Okay, so you you do use both means. Yeah, I get it. You can explain why you want to communicate the way you want to communicate you know, but respectfully communicating with them, I will do what you want me to do when I can, but there's going to be times when I need to do what I need to do. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What's what's the fourth one? Is collaboration. Letting people bring ideas to the table and having that sort of open open forum. Um, And feedback. I think... um, you know, people can assign sort of a non-happy environment to that sort of critical feedback, but actually it is part of the journey and, you know, people in workplaces, they need to have feedback in order to improve and develop and that's part of the journey towards common goals. So Yeah, um, feedback is the way of, of, of getting poison out of their own feelings, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Do you put that in the collaboration or is it another point? No, the the fifth one is celebration. Celebration? (laughs) Yeah. So because it is, it's about fun, it's about achievement, it's about competition. People people are frightened of the word competition, but we need it. Um, You know, we compare anyway. It's human nature to compare to others, but it's, it's good to have healthy competition and to go... You know, I want to strive for that or, you know, I think I can do better and, and, and that's in our nature. So we need to celebrate that, all the achievements and the failings and, yeah, that's about that fun and, yeah, bringing that. Yeah, but here's a question because I now, now I can have a point to, to ask. I, uh, many offices they, or many businesses, they celebrate the top performer. 
But then I, I have also many offices where there's uh, people who just joined, recently joined, or people who are starting from a very low rank. They never get to that top. And every single month, they see the same people being celebrated, the same people winning the thing. I mean, you, you don't think that that point of celebration now is going to make me feel like I never make it, I never get there. And now I actually start to be feel deflated and sabotage myself and self-destruct myself rather than aim for high. Yeah. And I think then it's about the celebration of the, of the personal goals, of the small goals, of the team. The small, the small achievements. And, you yes. know, that, that person's done a little bit. They may not have reached the top, but they've done a little bit better than what they've done last week. And, and that should be acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what, so what you're saying is let's not go for the... The, the top salesperson, but let's go for maybe everyone who have done 10 or 20% higher than their best, for example, so that everyone's got an opportunity to win. Yeah, improvement. Like, yeah. you know, what, what are the goals? Like the goal, yes, yeah. one person can be the top seller. You know, that's, a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's rare that it's shared across. It might be a few people, but... You know, it's then about celebrating those improvements or something that that person was working on. You know, it mightn't have been on sales. It might have been on, I don't know, their, you know, how they approached certain situations. That might be what they'd been working on and then it's celebrating that. Nice. It all comes back to finding the good in each week. Yeah. And, and look, looking for what everyone's grateful. You're already on the tip, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get back here on the basis of uh... <laughs> you're ahead of us. So, so it's fantastic. So, I just repeat the. Uh, I think so far I've learned the the uh, we have to define the happiness because it could be very different meaning for everyone. Could be satisfaction for one, joy for another person. It could be feeling content for another person. Fantastic. Sometimes, like gratitude is a way for them to express their own. Uh, happiness or even uh, uh, what is it uh, contribution uh, I, I also got the message about the five C's I think that's quite nice too um, I, I I like the celebration I didn't really pay attention to that celebration I, I come from that kind of upbringing you don't celebrate that was that's duty you just don't you do duty we're not celebrating duty yeah so it was very nice to see it. but when you made the remark that it is about personal goals against ourselves. We need to celebrate everything. It makes sense to me. But so through celebration, you can bring the team and, and, uh, and like bring everyone closer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Bring the whole, the whole team closer um, just through celebrating. But the, the, the five points are, are really like connection, common purpose, communication, collaboration, and celebration. Really like it. So it happens to be not only the five seats, it's the five C's. It's not the five seats. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. I like that. Who, who, the, who the hell came up with that? Oh, that's part of um, like the, the Gallup strengths sort of model around, but there's lots of research around like success and things like that. They often mention the five C's. So I'm not sure that they, that it originated from them, but it's definitely something that, you know, has come back to me doing the, the Gallup 
Wow, very nice. Thank you. All right, so let's get on to those tips now. So what, what is our first tip about finding happiness in what we do? I just wanted to mention something else before we get to the tips. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, sorry. I want to talk about intrinsic motivation because mm. this is part of, I guess, some of that happiness stuff. So intrinsic okay. motivation let, is... Let, let, let's, let's pretend I'm... I'm uh, talk to me like I'm a three-year-old. What is intrinsic I think that's one of my points. So one of my points was know what know what um, know what you're working for and what your goals. So like know within yourself why you're going to work every day. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. So there's like intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. So you go to work because you get paid. That's extrinsic. Like so when you're a kid, you know you might get stars and chocolates and lollies or whatever for doing the right thing. That's all extrinsic. Yeah. We want to move towards intrinsic so that, you know, because it feels good or because I'm getting recognised or it's, some of, it's like an internal motivation, not external. I'm not, I'm not doing it because someone's giving me something for it. I'm doing it because, you know, it feels good on the inside um, or, you know, it's the right thing to do. So what the research around happiness is, is that, you know, people can get instantly gratified by extrinsic, but it, it's not sustainable. So what they find happier people have more intrinsic motivation. They're doing it for a, for a higher purpose. And this is why um, people never have enough, never have enough money, never have enough success, never have enough toys. Intrinsic. Yeah. Extrinsic. They're extrinsic people, correct? Correct. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to put that in there because when we're talking about tips, I, I would imagine collect, collectively we're going to come up with more of that intrinsic stuff because that's really the core of, um, of how to get happiness and some of it might be extrinsic as a byproduct. You know, if you achieve something, you might get an award or you might, you know, get a trophy, but really the intrinsic would then be the recognition. So yeah. it can be part and parcel. And it's yeah. okay to love a trophy and to love an award and to love the new boat that you just earned enough money to buy. There's mm. nothing wrong with that, but it's just about that that's a different level of happiness. Yeah. Those higher levels of happiness really come from that intrinsic stuff. Yeah, very, very nice. Can, can I just ask you a question? Is it, is it a, a nurture's uh, thing? Is it an inborn thing? Everyone has extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. Okay, so you're, so you're not born with a tendency to be more intrinsic or ex, extrinsic? No, um, smaller children are more driven by extrinsic. It's why you sort of, they sort of try to use rewards and things like that. I just want the lollipop. Yes. <laughs> but that wears off and it also wears off um, and, and sometimes doesn't develop with um, neurodivergent. So people, so people on the spectrum, often people say, oh, no consequence matters or they don't care about rewards and things like that. And it's because they're not motivated by extrinsic, they're motivated by intrinsic. Now, you, you said something else that uh, that was not very English for me. Talk to me like I'm a three or you, you said like some people, they are something and that's why they prefer extrinsic. What What is it? So... There's neurodivergent people. So neurodivergent, what does that mean? 
You're right, divergent and neurodivergent. You mean, mean it's a word for crazy people? I mean, I, is, is that no? Okay. It's, it's a divergent from typical. So there's neurotypical people, and then they, we call them neurodivergent. And they're, you know, those people who are diagnosed uh, on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum. So um, with autism or sensory sensitivities, those sort of things. So yeah. um, when you get someone who is hyper-focused in an area um, with, you know, restricted interests, ritualistic behaviour, those sort of things. But um, I often get kicked back because I say, oh, sometimes you talk too neurotypical as in the, the average person, the normal people. No one's normal. I don't use that. I use neurotypical and neurodivergent. What and is normal? That's a whole other topic. <laughs> There's no normal. That's so true. No, no, normal's like me. See, see, like normal kind of guy. Laura Ashley, I'm, Laura Ashley started. I'm normal you. little old me. Ashley says like you. <laughs> so anyway, so, so we're talking about intrinsic motivation. So no, 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 no. You're going too fast. You're going too fast. So. What is better, neurodivergent or neurotypical? They're different. They okay, just... so is, is neurodivergent more inclined to extrinsic? They're both inclined to, to both, but what I was saying was neurodivergent people, often you hear that they don't, they're not motivated by anything. They're not, not extrinsic or intrinsic, um, but they really are. They are, they are motivated by intrinsic more than extrinsic, which is why they don't respond to rewards and consequences. So to appealing to those who are listening, who might have autistic children or uh, someone in their family, they would, this would resonate with them because they would go, Right. Okay. So I've been working on the lollies and the stars and the and the tick boxes and things like that, and nothing's been working. I can't change their behaviour. So how do you mm. handle that? What What do you do without the sticker chart or the lollipop? You work. You You work hard on the intrinsic mm. stuff, which is which people don't do because they're children. But you can do it. It's just a lot harder. It's because it's not visual um, in that that it's more so, you know finding the unsolved problem solving it collaborating it, it's it takes longer and it's harder and so that's why lots of parents of neurodivergent children struggle and that's why they struggle at school because schools are based on extrinsic motivation yeah that's right absolutely now now here's the thing so you have an adhd kid right so he's probably what you call a neurodivergent and mm -hmm. therefore you would think he would be more into intrinsic so what would be something that you would do at school to or at home as a parent to get him to be interested in doing his own work anything to do with movement so lots of kids will often especially adhd kids need movement to learn so it's about hands-on stuff so they're not going to sit and write their spelling words you give them a water pistol and they will write them on the fence. Oh, wow. So you've, you've got a real, like, it's so, so draining for parents um, of neurodivergent children because you've got to 
come up with things all the time. Everything's got to be a fun or a game or movement or hands-on. They don't want to sit and learn through writing. So, um, yeah, it's about finding those sort of more motivating factors that are... And in practical exercises. Mm. Wow. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, all right. So now that we have that, is there anything else we need to know before we move on and then on to... <laughs> that was the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's our first? Uh, listen, it's fantastic, though, because you know what? I'm just thinking, how many people have I employed who were maybe ADHD? Yeah. I try to get them to sit down and write down in their journal some of the lines that I'm telling them rather than getting them up and, and do certain things. So listen, I've learned already. This is fantastic. Um. So yeah. now let, let's go. Let's go on to the tips now. What are some of your tips? Let's start with you, Lisa. You have one. Just give one, right? So give Just us a one. I've got. <laughs> I've got. We go. We go around the carousel. <laughs> All right. So I have um, pers personalize your workspace. So I think it's really important to have. Um, a clean and tidy workspace organized because then you know everything's going to go a lot smoother but it's also nice to have um, photographs of your loved ones and your family and you know a photograph of that island if that's what you're working towards like your goals just there to remind you I mean we've got um, one of our girls has just come back to work from maternity leave and mommy's actually having more trouble settling into coming to work than what Bubby is um Bob's quite happy at home with dad you know no no problems um but but mummy's struggling so yeah you know to have your photos and things that are precious to you around you sort of just reminds you of why why you're going to work so that you can have a better life for your family I think that's I like it really nice really yeah. yeah which reminds me many years ago I was training a, a a team and the leader was telling me how this sales lady could not be motivated right she should say things just to keep the leader happy and could not be motivated and it was in uh, arena and i said no it's uh, let me have a look so i went around her work environment and i could see photos of her children and so she had personalized it with a lot of photos of her children and when i said all right this is what we're going to do this this month uh, whoever gets this amount of of listing will have three days off with to, to spend with their family apparently that lady just reach her goal within a few weeks straight away because of that. It, it was personalized to her. And, and because of her personalized workspace, you could see what, what drives her. And then you could go for that, which is the intrinsic. Is it intrinsic or is it extrinsic now? Oh, no. Well, intrinsic would have been that internal motivation. You gave an intrinsic, extrinsic reward, which was... Yeah. Days off. Days off, yeah. Was to spend more time with her family. Okay, so it's intrinsic. It's both. Both. <laughs> I just, I just failed. <laughs> I passed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. The excitement and, like, you know, to get that lady for her to get her listings and and reach her goals. Imagine the excitement and the different tone of her voice making those calls as though to, you know, dragging the words out, you know, to have, then have that motivation and the excitement, she would have done it in such 
more happiness and that's why probably because she delivered it so happy and excited the people that she was speaking to wanted to jump on board so okay what about you Haley? what's one of your tips well i'll just start with my first one which was connection but building relationships you've got yeah. to build that with your co-workers um like good social relationships um like they they are what spur on that that work happiness so um you may not be on the same team you may not like the same things outside of work but having some sort of relationship with those around you a good working relationship is yet yeah, one step closer to having a happy workplace because it's it's then going to work to tell people about you know your life outside of work it's having those conversations it's being able to have a coffee in between you know meetings and and chat about things other than work yeah, not, what, not only that if you've got a, a good relationship with your colleagues sometimes you can see if they've had a bad morning or you can see if they've got something on their mind and you can support them and then in return you know you get the feeling that you've helped them you know you've you know them well enough to be able to to guide them and help them and recognize that they need a hand you know it's not it's not all about you and all about your relationship sometimes it's about the other person needing you the the research around that is that people with the strongest social relationships that's the best predictor of happiness when you have a look at yeah what makes people happy it's usually you know, a, a strong family bond or a friendship bond and a work bond. And Which all comes back to connection. Yeah. yeah. Very, very nice. But the, the um, what if you have a, uh, a, a worker who does not believe in that and believes that the workplace is a place I go to to do my job and then I don't need to connect with you guys. I just have to get my listing and my sales. I get my bonus. And I'm out of here. And How, I think, first of all, is that advice for them? And secondly, could you, as a leader, change them? With the older generation, that's how they've been brought up and that's how their career has been. But with the younger generation coming through and for myself, um, I, I don't think like that. But the older generation, I think, do. Do you think, Hayley? Is that more of an old, old-fashioned mindset? Yeah, it can be. I, I think it's so not, separate like that. Like some people aren't people, people. If I like, you know, in putting, yeah. they just prefer just to keep things separate and they compartmentalize their life. Um, and for those people, I would be looking at that sort of common purpose and that you know, and connection through their work. They're, people work on in teams like even if you're a sole business owner you know and you work from home and you you know you're a sole trader you still need to have those social relationships and whether that's with you know whoever you're providing a service to or whether that's you know um, where you're getting product from or whatever it is it's about having you know those not just hi, I need 10 boxes of such and such. It's about that personal connection and finding that. Um, and it, you don't have to be best friends with everyone in the office, but it's just about being able to feel like it's a, 
it's a welcoming space and there's trust um, in order to build those relationships. You know, you might tell them everything, that, but at least being able to have a joke and, you know, and, and for businesses being able to, um, you know, create those networks and, and, you know, do themed things or, you know, have a long lunch for mental health or whatever it is, you know, bringing something in. And if you're a sole trader, then then working out, well, who else is in, you know, your local area that is that as well and, and you know, gathering some, you know, work stay-at-home mums, you know, you don't always have to be working or you can be having your own online business, but there might be others who are in the online business industry and, and creating a network like that. And that's something that Stephen and I were actually only talking about just last night because... Um, uh, you you were researching for your answers today last night. No, 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 no. You know that that's It was a hot situation <laughs> because we had a sold by photo shoot and it was up, up the mountain. And so I said to David, oh, come on, pop around and have a look at the house because I keep saying to everyone, we're in such a mess, we're in such a mess. I said, oh, you know, pop around. You know, so he came around and had a look at the renovations that we're doing and, you know, had a beer and we had a drink and it was nice. It was nice to be able to share that with him. And Stephen and I were talking about that like later in the evening, um, that it was nice to have him into our home, you know, just on a relaxed, spur of the moment, spontaneous type way um, where Stephen in the past, in previous life, <laughs> hasn't sort of had that um, relationship with his, with his team and with the staff, but yeah. it really does bring us all closer, you know, and, and that probably changed um, when I started to work in the office because, I'm a sharer. It's like, you know, I'm an open book. This is what's happening. Ah, you know, we're doing this. That, that's just who I am. So for me, I walk in as Stephen's other half and, and share our life. So in, in that way, it, it has brought everyone closer. So nice. we were talking about that last night, Thomas. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I like it. I think we're silly to think that people cannot bring you know yes we want to be able to leave something at home and leave something at work and really like separate that and and we can talk about that and there can be a ritual around that so that you aren't sort of carrying things to work and you're carrying things yeah. home um but it's okay as well to be you know to share and 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 let people know you might know the full story but you can say hey I've had a bad morning today yeah, so that's right to do this so just enough communication so that people yeah can build that connection and that that's one of the tips that I had um you know if you are having a hard time at home or you're going through a rough patch in life or, or you know things aren't going to plan I had on my list to sometimes it's good to leave that at home leave that at the door I'm at work deep breath in, you know, here we go, you know, professional, happy, because it prevents you from being just so entrenched and dragging all that crap that you're going through out of work right through your work day and, and putting it onto everyone else. So, and, and when I was going through my divorce, work was such a good stability for me because I could, as much as I love my kids and love being with them, I dropped them at school, daycare, whatever the situation was at the time, and I could go to work and be my own person, have my own achievements, and I knew why I was going to work so I could keep the roof over the kids' house. So 
So work, work is very important, you know, and with the connection, quite often I hadn't spoken to another, spoken or seen another adult until I got back to work the next day, you know, so. But, yeah. but I'm just wondering whether we, you are not mixing the, the, the two though. You, you had a connection, but also maybe you're talking about having a purpose. Yes. Maybe having a purpose. And, and leaving your troubles. The start of that was to leave, to leave the troubles and your worries in the car or at home or wherever they are. And when you enter work, try and have that. But here's a question I'm going to ask the two ladies, you two ladies. You, you, first, you said we need to connect, we need to talk, we need to build a relationship. But now I have problems and you're asking me to leave my problem <laughs> home. I mean, well, you can't let it overtake your whole day is what I'm trying to say. You know, you do have to, to a certain point, you do have to leave some some things. And, and like Hayley said, you don't have to share the whole story and the whole situation. Right. Right. You know, you yes. might do that with a few people. You know, you might do that with, you know, one of your colleagues might know everything yeah. about you, and everyone else just knows you're going through something, and and that's fine. And and I agree with you for that, Lisa. That you know, it's about having a routine, a work routine, and a home routine, and having something that divides it. So, yeah. in stressful jobs, those frontline workers, you know. You don't want to be taking some of that stuff home. And yeah. so often I talk to people about, well, you know, can you just take five minutes the long way and, and like, you know, drive past the beach on your way home. And once you pass that yeah. path, that's it. Your thoughts are not on work. They're now on home and you walk through the door. I often yeah. uh, have that conversation with men who pull up in the driveway, walk through the door and the kids are like at them and they're like oh I need to just you know I need to do this and I need to yeah. do this and give me a minute and I say you no you have to have your minute down before the you, before you open the door <laughs> down the road call your yeah, phone but... and get on your phone and scroll and then as you come in the driveway and walk through that house you know that those kids are going to be at You're you on. that's right isn't it when you have a lot of men just driving past their home and keep driving journey home to have a ritual where it's like okay enough is enough and now I'm ready to switch I like that I like that okay so it's a I like that the ritual um what about you Thomas what was one of your tips uh, I I was hoping I was going to escape but uh my, my tip is to probably uncover your strength and then lean on them I think that uh, some of the things that I've done a lot in my entire life, uh, whatever work I was doing is always to get onto my strength and I, I just focus on my strength, no matter what the job was, because I, I found that I was happier working on my strength than worrying about my weaknesses. And then I kept on doing that. But through my strength, I uncovered parts of the job that I fell in love with. And, and that was an, uh, an amazing thing. And for me, I think the, the key to happiness is, I, I tell people, don't look for a job that's going to make you happy. Get onto any job and use your strength because that's going to make you happy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, and I'm a, a big advocate of strengths and people knowing more about themselves and their strengths because... Um, 
a lot of society can be about um, weakness fixing. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? How do we, you know, and, and yes, we need skill development. And yes, we need to learn, you know, certain ways of being. But it is about, well, what strengths do you have and how can I use those to boost that? Yeah, but I feel like an imposter too, because when it comes to my own home and my own children, I want to make sure to fix their weaknesses. And so... <laughs> society is good I, do, I do create a lot of unhappiness at home. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I think it's just how you view things. And as a parent, you're like, not the best for them. So you're like, oh, that's not a good thing to do. Like, yeah. let's fix that. And, and, you know, this will be more acceptable. And this yeah. is... Yeah, so all believer yeah we, we all nice. so but i agree with you just we do need to focus on our strengths more than our weaknesses because where we will find happiness very good any other any other ones i think we've done so far we've done so far about uh six of them i've got one with a little bit of a different spin on things yeah working from home i'm sorry working from home because people yeah not all about just going to the office these days. A lot of people are working from home. And I think it's really important that they have um, a, a designated workspace so that they can separate the two so that they can actually feel like they switch off. Because I know like working from home, it's fantastic that you can like stick a load of washing on, you know, while you're doing that and, you know, come back and continue to working. But it's also um, important that you recognise like, when your day ends for example you know because you can keep slogging away into the night and I'll oh, just do a little bit more I'll oh, just do a little bit more but you actually need to have like a, a little bit of structure even though it's good to be able to have it go both ways you still need structure so this is the work day um, you know this is where it ends and then you know you've got your, your night time with your family or you know go for a walk or whatever it is you normally do at night yeah and I would agree it's the same as that ritual that we spoke about before, yeah. even if it's driving home from the office. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're working from home, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the closing of the laptop and the office door. Yeah. And I think working from home, working from home for some people can be very isolating because they don't have that connection. And that's where they can reach out to their team and set up a regular Zoom, you know, have have five o'clock drinks on a Friday or four o'clock drinks on a Friday or have a have a Zoom meeting over lunch while everyone eats just to keep that connection and, and that communication open with your team. Okay. All right, number eight. I know we've spoken about this before, so I don't know whether, I can't remember, um, whether it was a specific one, but I do think, you know, in the pursuit of personal goals, there has to be personal meaning, um, you know, that, that purpose and direction. So... We may have already covered that, but I, yeah. I do think, no, 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 I don't think we did. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be what we talked about was that sort of common purpose, you know, vision and mission of whatever yeah. it is in our job. When I talk to people about, um, you know, um, you know, blue collar workers and things like that, um, you know, they can be just as happy and if not happier than people who are in these high CEO positions because they are just, they've found the purpose. Like, you know, the local garbage 
truck driver goes, well, who's going to pick up the garbage? Like, you know, and while I'm doing that. I've learned to enjoy the little things. Yeah, I'm contributing and, but I may not, you know, I might listen to a podcast at the same time. So I'm getting like, you know, I feel like I'm helping society. I'm getting paid, but I'm also learning, you know, something else. So, you know. It's about those sort of things. No, I, like, I like what you say. So in the pursuit of goals, we, we also need to have something that, that has personal meaning. I like that. Yeah. So that's very different to what you said earlier. Yeah. And I think that's what you were sort of getting at, Thomas, with the lady, you know, who was, you know, her personal meaning was she was showing up to work every day to get the pay, packet for her family. When you offered some t- extra time with them, it's like, yes, like I can do that because that's what I want to be able to do. I, you know, it's yeah. finding that, um, yeah, that meaning and that purpose. Yeah. And also, I guess, attaching that to what you're doing. So she might be selling houses, but, you know, that's giving someone else, you know, helping them achieve their goals. And I think that's what brings me to my next thing is around that, um, that community. Um and helping like we get so much out of charity and helping and if someone can find what they're good at helping that you know teaching the new rookie how to do that you know that can bring happiness you know you may not be the top seller but you are awesome at this thing so can you help teach this person absolutely absolutely yeah so much joy to people to go i'm you know I'm teaching someone a skill that I have. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that that was sort of two in one. Mm-hmm. Another tip that I have is yep. to, to be the change. So, you know, if, if you're in a, in a quiet sort of low-key work environment and, you know, you want everyone to be a bit more happier, be the change. Be the person that's happy. Be the person that smiles, you know, and, and laughs because it's infectious, which, which actually reminds me of... Um, speaking of the garbage truck driver, there was a lollipop guy that we had on a road near us a couple of years back now. And everyone that went past, you know, he was like, hi, or a thumbs up, or, you know, he'd wave you through. Like he was just so hypo. (laughs) And he waved and smiled and laughed. And just everyone was like, oh, waving back. And it just, you know, put everyone in a better mood sitting in, in the stop and go lollipops line so yeah so that type of thing also can you know bring the whole you know get it just a different feel in the office yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's nice well my my, we'll bring it to our tent so we can we we, we can have anything else after that but i i believe that the one that brought me a lot of happiness is never stop learning Mm. if you can have the focus that there's always more to learn. And, and one of the things I told my team this morning, and I was telling them, not, not knowing is okay, but not seeking knowledge, that's a crime. Mm-hmm. What, what we need to do is we, wherever we at work, uh, whether we've been there 10 days or 10 years, is to have that kind of mindset of there's so much more. Because when you do that, you're almost on that kind of bounty hunt uh, for th- that piece of chocolate or that next lolly, or that little surprise, you know. And and I think that human beings, we want to be surprised. We want to find surprise. So when we, when we go to work and our mindset is shifted on something like this, again, maybe extrinsic, that one, we, we are looking for that something outside. But really, in the end, it becomes intrinsic because it changes us. Yeah. 
I have the same thing, but I have curiosity. Yeah. Ah, well, why do you say one word that I just like uh, wasted so many? (laughs) Yeah, and it is. It's that being, um, yeah, being stimulated to want more and to find out more and that knowledge seeking. We are, like humans are learners. So, yeah, yeah, it is about being curious about whatever job you are or whatever, yeah, the client or, you know, in that yeah curiosity and if you have been there 10 years you're not going to be wanting to do it the same way you did it 10 years ago you need to be evolving yeah no no but if you're curious you'll find uh, like uh, in in our business i i've been training newcomers for the last 20 20 years and i tell people I'm as excited every second month i do train them and every second month i'm as excited with new group as the first one and people say to me, some of our top performers looked at me and they said, aren't you bored? I mean, you, mate, first of all, I, 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 I'm not bored because I go, it's, I'm, I'm doing, they're doing me a service to help me uncover things that I didn't know existed. But number two, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, okay, the word curiosity, I'm going, there has to be something that they're going to teach me this time that I didn't know. And for me, it's always fresh eyes. You, you can't get me to be bored of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So how, how the two of you ladies, I mean, this is an amazing session. I, that's why I've been typing, typing, because I have to learn this stuff. So how, why, don't, why don't you close this? Because this is a lot of information. Um, I, think the, I think something that, I guess, comes up in terms of happiness. <clears throat> and I, I know I started with this around um, you can't be happy 100% of the time. And so it's looking for those, you know, silver linings and looking for those moments yeah. and, I guess, um, yeah, being being re- realistic about that. Um, but I think um, when we spoke about, you know, what someone can do in order to be happier at work. I think part of that comes back to um, a personal responsibility because um, often we can sit in, you know, well, I need my boss to put on more lunches or do these things and it becomes someone else's responsibility to make you happy at work. Mm-hmm. Fact it isn't. You know, your happiness will come from, you know, your thinking, your perspective, you know, and you taking responsibility for what is in your control at work yeah. um, rather than it being from someone else. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful, beautiful. And Laura Ashley, would you like to close it? <laughs> My last tip is to um, take your break. Like, don't always skip lunch you know, because you just exhaust yourself. Take your break, get some fresh air, go for a walk, come back and have a fresh fresh set of eyes to look at things. Eat healthy and drink plenty of water because if you're not well, you're not going to feel happy, you know. If, you, if you're going to feel, you know, not, not well and, you know, you're not, not looking after yourself, you need to feel, you know, well and happy to, to be able to be happy at work. And if all that fails, just at three or four o'clock, have a block of chocolate. <laughs> That'll always work. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, 
Oh, well, beautiful. So really, really to, to take it all in here, uh, what I learned is that happiness is not a uh, something that happens to you. Happiness is something that you do to make it happen to you. I, I really like it. Thank you very much for today. Thanks, guys. What a great, great session. Talk Have soon. A week. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.